Hi, I'm Sonny Drake, and you're listening to 3CR 855 AM. And welcome to The Renegade Economist with your host, Carl Fitzgerald, here on the beloved 3CR Airwaves, busting out because today it is the most important show of the year. It is time for Radiothon. And here on The Renegade Economist, we're off to a jump start. We have raised about a third of the money we need to uh, pull through for uh, our our aim. We're, we're aiming for 800 bucks here, and I'm so happy to see uh, six donors have already called in. And, uh, you know, we really need this help at the moment. You've seen the housing bubble all over the place, and it, it kind of feels a bit like this as uh, we're sneaking up on the bad guys. I'm looking for someone. Looking? Found someone you have, I would say. I don't think so. I'm looking for a great warrior. Is it gonna happen? Can we take on the rent seekers? The 1%? The crew claiming the cream off our efforts every single day? Well, this week I'm about to play some amazing media clips that are flying through the Australian airwaves. Yes, all we've been talking about here on The Renegade Economist is starting to come through, so support us. Call 9419-8377. And keep the almighty 3CR coming on 40 years in the media landscape. I'm live you may Today's top donor will take home a copy of Nature's Gifts by John Pullen, where you can take a step back in time to 1890. Imagine you were on the stagecoach with Henry George touring through Australia, bringing the message of land reform to our shores and pushing it in the faces of those aristocrats who uh, came and claimed so much of this land. Death Star has exploded in a blinding light more powerful than a hundred suns. Great shot, kid! That was one in a million! Remember, the Force will be with you, always. A bit cheeky, aren't I, playing that? But uh, that's what we need, the force to overtake these immense powers. And uh, we at Earthsharing Australia are just so grateful to have this 
space on Drive Time Radio to discuss the issues that matter. And I'm so happy to see Teresa Grimer has called in with a donation. Tony Inglese and Peter Sikasek. Thank you, Peter. I know uh, you like this show out there. It's fantastic when uh, I can see that people do listen every week and do... uh, you know, it matters uh, enough for you to donate. So please give us a call and just have a listen to this exclusive. No one else on the uh, investigative front has picked up on this, but just have a listen to uh, our treasurer yesterday on 3AW with Neil Mitchell talking about foreign investors. And he reveals something that just gobsmacks me. Does it come forward voluntarily? Have you, have you been talking to real estate agents? Because they'd know. Uh, yeah, well, I come from a family of real estate agents. No, 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 no but I mean, you know, does a tax office go and knock on Joe Bloggs Real Estate and say, how much have you sold that might have been to foreign investors? Well, I don't know about you, but he sounded pretty uh, earnest there. He comes from a real estate family, Joe Hockey. Do you believe that? Let's just play it again. They'd know. Uh, yeah, well, I come from a family of real estate agents. No, 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 but I mean, you know, there's a tax office going Well, who knows, who knows, but uh, I'm looking into that because uh, that is a big concern. If he is, no wonder he doesn't want to uh, reform negative gearing. No wonder he's an ardent defender of the never-ending land bubble that uh, is accelerating yet again at a rate of knots. Our housing finance figures were out this week, and gee whiz, when I started this show, Eight years ago, uh, housing investors were around about 37%. And as the bubble kept pushing forward, they hit 40%. And I was just uh, outraged at uh, it finally hitting 40%. Well, now, uh, as of uh, yesterday's figures, investors are at 51.6% of all home loans. So uh, that doesn't include those wealthy enough to pay cash only. And we have this little uh, sideshow playing out that uh, it's all about foreign investors. They're the bad guys. Well, come on, guys. We've got to look further than that. And here we go. A donation from Cheng Zim in uh, West Brunswick. And Cheng, thanks very much. I see you on the list from last year, and uh, I'd love to meet you. Uh, That's fantastic that... uh, you know, you, you listen each week and, and hopefully the Renegade Economist is part of your routine. I wonder whether that's driving. I wonder whether it's cycling or walking or in what format you listen and sharpen your thoughts on how our economic opportunities have been sold off to the uh, the campaign contributor with the most money. Well, that's what seems to be happening uh, here, there and everywhere. And I'd just be horrified if uh, that was true that Joe Hockey really did come from a real estate family, his brothers and sisters. So, uh, yeah, thank you, Lim. All right. Uh, and, uh, yeah, this is this is big news, if you ask me, because um, last night on the 7.30 report, can you believe it, our organisation getting referenced on uh, the 7.30 report, uh, Joe Hockey has been up in the air about what's what's going on uh, with uh, first homeowners and how all you have to do is uh, change jobs and and get a higher paying job as if that's as easy as anything. Well, for many people, even uh, high paying jobs now uh, require two income earners to service a mortgage in Sydney and certainly in uh, many, if not most parts of Melbourne. So uh, let's have a listen to a few minutes of uh, this 7.30 report. Um, 
About three minutes in, you will hear uh, a reference to uh, our parent group, uh, Prosper Australia. The Treasurer, Joe Hockey, has dismissed suggestions that housing in Sydney is too expensive, saying the starting point for a first-home buyer is to get a good job that pays good money. And he says if housing was unaffordable, people wouldn't be buying, but they still are. His political opponents have immediately seized on the remarks, saying they're proof that Joe Hockey doesn't understand ordinary Australians, especially coming after his poor people don't drive cars gaffe last year. The Treasurer's comments overshadowed a good news announcement for the government that its crackdown on illegal foreign investment in housing is yielding results, with nearly 200 transactions under investigation. But are foreign buyers really driving the the affordability issue that's worrying so many Australians? Pat McGrath reports. First call, first call, first time, second caller, and we're sold. Donate to Greasyard now. Unless you have permission, as a foreigner, you are not allowed to buy existing residential property in Australia. Significant penalties will apply if you provide support to an individual in, so that they can avoid proper detection of their nationality. You too can be fined. The Treasurer's talking tough on illegal foreign investment in Australian property. Investigators have identified 195 potentially dodgy deals. The values in the properties being investigated ranges from 300... Other side to foreign property investment the government has no problem with. We've sold over 300 apartments, so there's about 130 left. Foreigners are free to buy new properties, like those being piled high at the Marco apartment tower in Melbourne, due for completion next year. Half of the sales have been done overseas, uh, in Asia and uh, Malaysia, China. So we've had a good result overall because it's not only a local product, national product, it's also a global product as well too. A global product, really? Real estate's now a global product? Goodness me, we need more people listening internationally to donate via the podcast system. Uh, You can uh, visit us at 3cr.org.au and click on the donate button there or uh, give us a SMS 0488930855. And here's my buddy Leanne with Deb Digby from Hampton East. Thank you so much for donating. And Sean Rehill from Brighton Road. I'd love you guys to get in touch with us at renegades at earthsharing.org.au to tell us about some of the empty properties you see in your neighbourhood. If there was an improvement in this show, it would be not only developing a a decent intro and outro car, but it would be giving uh, more feedback to listeners. And I hope in the next year to have a uh, voicemail system where you can call call in and I can uh, play those those clips. That uh, economic detective work you, the listener, provides on the show. So uh, thanks very much to Sean and Deb. Uh, as we power forward, we're coming up to about half the money we need uh, to keep this show on prime time. So yeah, this global market, hey, is that what real estate is sold in? Well, if we did tax away the profits, uh, would certainly deter the international money coming in. And only genuine developers would be wanting to build housing where they can earn a reasonable 6 to 7% return and not the sort of uh, 40 to 50% that it seems like uh, these land bankers make in a flipping real estate. So let's go back to the 7.30 report. 
but the government is tightening some rules there too. As part of its tougher approach to foreign investment, last month it announced new legislation for a fee of at least $5,000 for foreigners buying new properties and a register for foreign buyers. If passed, both measures will come into force at the end of this year. But some analysts say the added regulation may dampen foreign enthusiasm for buying in Australia. We do have a supply problem in this country. We're not building enough. And so some of these offshore developers are creating that supply which we need in this country. It's a bit of a balance because we do need to be careful about scaring the horses. But the Treasurer denies the government's policy will scare off foreign buyers. We welcome foreign investment in new real estate because it adds to the stock. Uh, And importantly, we want to continue to encourage the construction of new housing. I say again, build, build, build. Research proving that many new houses aren't occupied once they're bought challenges that build, build, build logic. A high percentage of new homes built in Melbourne's growth areas have been shown to be using no water, a sure sign they're sitting empty. Many foreign owners are using them simply to park their money. Imagine our logo on the screen nationally. So while adding to the total stock, they aren't actually housing people. We've both got good jobs, but it's still hard to be able to afford a house and a deposit. I can't see us like actually being able to buy a house. If we don't dress affordability, we're going to have a situation in this country where it's a haves versus a have-nots. And that's certainly true, isn't it? As so many 3CR listeners know and appreciate, and thanks to Jan Shisko, who's donating a uh, long-time supporter here at 3CR. I also must uh, send a special thanks out to Spiro Skafdouris, Another long-term renegade economist supporter, Spiro out in Williamstown. Thank you very much, mate. I look forward to seeing you at one of our events. Uh, yeah, it would be great to uh, to see you again and to uh, see some of my regular callers calling after the show. I'd love to hear uh, my buddy Ned uh, and Max giving us a donation, helping keep the 3CR flag flying high. But uh, we're doing pretty well here. I mean, last year on um, this show, I left the place absolutely devastated. I needed to listen to some of this sort of music. It was dramatic, I tell you, it was dramatic. I think I had uh, about 30% of the money. I only had a couple of people who called all shows, so it was... was, It was a dramatic old world inside my mind. But I tell you, you callers, you're making me feel good. And here's my buddy David O'Rourke calling in from Glen Waverley. Thank you, buddy. Look forward to seeing you uh, soon. Yeah, there's uh, plenty afoot in our world. Uh, We have our AGM on tomorrow night. Uh, Anyone who's a uh, Prosper Australian member, please come on down to the LSX uh, co-working space in Richmond uh, from uh, 6.40 tonight and see how we manage this movement that's been around for over 120 years. Uh, We have pamphlets going back to the 1830s talking about the importance of land reform. Whilst we may have stolen it from the Indigenous, there were some people trying to 
use some sort of way of sharing the bounty that I like to think is akin to indigenous uh, uh, philosophies, but uh, we use a very technical uh, white man's uh, words uh, for sharing, such as T-A-X, tax reform. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a big issue, and I am so happy to hear uh, uh, people like Joseph Stiglitz who have written a report um, called Rewriting the Rules uh, by none less than the Roosevelt Institute, uh, obviously elaborate funding behind those guys, and uh, Stiglitz had uh, a very interesting discussion with uh, Thomas Piketty on stage, and uh, it's a little bit technical to start off with, but you'll start to hear him weave together the concepts that we on the Renegade Economist hope and pray that uh, more critical and analytical thought is uh, is given to because uh, it's not just capital that makes their money. It's the natural monopolies, uh, the ownership of the land and uh, the, the revenue streams that privatizers hold so sacredly uh, to their own. So uh, let's have a listen to the great man, Joseph Stiglitz, probably the most important uh, mainstream economist on the planet, particularly for reformers, talking straight out of the Renegade Economist playbook. Goodness me, I wish I had a donation for every time I've tried to get him on this show. There's a key observation and interpretation of that observation that I think is, explains these puzzles, these quandaries. Uh, there's one more observation I want to make, which is, if you look at, the, say, the United States, as I say, I've looked at the data in the United States more closely, you look at the savings rate in the United States, and you look, if you interpreted the wealth uh, uh, income ratio is a capital income ratio. You can't explain what's happened to the capital output ratio. In fact, given the low savings rate in the United States, the capital output ratio ought to be falling, not rising. So w- what is going on? Well, the answer entails understanding one important thing that has gotten a lot of attention and and Thomas has, has noted it, but I, I'm not sure it's given the right uh, sufficient importance, which capital and wealth are very different ideas. Capital, although they're often used in, in a synonymous way, economists, when we used our old production function, output as a function of capital and labor, had in mind fiscal capital, machines, things that would increase the productivity of labor. But when we talk about wealth, we include not only those machines, but we also include land. But we also include the capitalized value of other sources of rents. What are some of those other sources of rents? There can be monopoly rents. There can be exploitation rents. There can be intellectual property rents. There can be all kinds of rents in our society. The financial sector, for instance, uh, the banks, if they succeed in getting a law passed that says the government will bail them out if there's a problem, that's a transfer of large amounts of money from the government to the banks. And the expected value of that option value gets capitalized, and that leads to an increase in value of the banking sector. Now, There's a corresponding loss. The wealth of taxpayers has gone down because we've just given a big gift to the banks. 
But we don't record in our balance sheet the loss to the taxpayers. Just give you one example of how big these a little thing can be in terms of our wealth. We give, say, $15 billion a year, not a lot of money, to it's just one-tenth of one percent of GDP. We give $15 billion a year to rich farmers. The evidence is that much of that gets capitalized in agricultural land values. Well, you capitalize it at a rate of one or two percent, a discount rate, that gets multiplied into a trillion dollars. So the point I want to make is when we're talking about wealth, it includes not only the productive capital of our economy, but also the capitalized value of all these rents. And if the structure of our economy is changing in ways that give more prominence to rents, then wealth will be going up, but the productivity of our economy may not change at all. It may be that people who are willing to pay more for land in the Riviera, so the wealth holdings of the people who own that land in the Riviera have gone up. But that doesn't mean France is any wealthier because the value of the land has gone up. Joseph Stiglitz. Joseph Stiglitz talking about how farming subsidies uh, lead to higher land prices. And so any sort of subsidy, whether it's the first homeowner's grant, whether it's the stamp duty discounts, all of those things that give us the greater purchasing capacity, it ends up in the price of the earth, the price of land. So uh, that's why we need your help to keep 3CR alive and well and uh, keep all the magnificent staff here employed. I mean, I just love uh, the vibes when I walk into this place. Uh, It's always good to see Joe on the front desk and uh, Leanne and Gab and all the gang in here. So, uh, yeah, fantastic. Give 3CR a call, 9419837. And thanks very much to uh, Adam Radojvic. God, Adam, I've said that wrong. I bet you're going to give me a lesson next time I see you. I didn't realize you lived in Ascot Vale, buddy. Come and visit our power plants uh, community nursery sometime, will you, buddy? And let's rap about these issues because, G-O-G, I just need uh, some geopsychiatry to discuss some of these pressures that are going on out there. I wonder how you, the dear listener, are surviving with uh, the price of food. Goodness me, I was at the counter. It was $7.43 for 6 Trust tomatoes at Coles this week, and I thought, sure, it's out of season tomatoes, but I can't believe prices. Uh, I can't remember prices being that high. Can you? Uh, so I cut it back to three, and it was still four dollars forty-three for three tomatoes for my lunch this week. My God, our independence, our access to land, our ability to grow our own food—it's uh, all part of the sovereign wealth of this nation and has been taken away by uh, these economic policies that Joe Hockey defends because his brothers and sisters are in the real estate game. My oh my. Well, some of our researchers uh, on this show, uh, Lindsay David, Philip Seuss, Paul Egan, they were the ones who found out that uh, Nick Xenophon and co own uh, a $300 million property portfolio. I mean, how valuable is this stuff to uh, have on the 3CR airwaves? I'd love you to send in a text to 0488 930 855. That's 0488 930 855. And we're just over halfway. So... uh, 
Yeah, we need some new text messages coming in uh, as you're listening on the train going home or stuck in traffic wondering how on earth we can build some goddamn new infrastructure. Finally, uh, Robert Doyle and uh, others uh, in... uh, Prime Minister Tony Abbott's uh, infrastructure department were listening to the renegade economists and they would know that the UK Crossrail link was built a decade ahead of time, a decade ahead of what analysts thought was possible because they utilised the principles of uh, value capture, which is a micro version of this macro reform we keep talking about, sharing the rising value of the earth for all to benefit from. All right, a big thanks going out to Carl Williams in Tacoma. Thank you, Carl. Fantastic to have your support pushing us forward here on uh, 3CR as we... Get a little bit dramatic, hey? So, uh, yes, it's a big issue what's happening with all of this property bubble talk around the nation at the moment. And I just want you to recognize this, that uh, they're trying to roll out all of the the diversions from what's really going on. It's not foreign investors. It's not because, uh, you know, they're saying... Harry Triggerboff, the apartment king, he said, look, uh, there's no bubble. It's just excess because there's enough demand. There's so much demand out there, it can't be a bubble. I mean, this stuff said in a court of law would be thrown out within seconds. But for some reason in the economics field, that is possible. It's just ballistic they get away with it. And a big thanks to Mark Manchi, thanks from Ringwood. Mark, thank you so much for supporting us here. Uh, I just uh, am exasperated by this thought that uh, Alan Oyster from the NAB, he's saying, look, it's all about genuine demand. That's what's happening out there. It's not a bubble. Well, I'm saying, hang on. Come on. If investors are taking up more than half of all loans, that is not genuine demand. These guys are hoarders, they're speculators, and we need a difference between specul. We need people to recognise the difference between speculative demand and housing-related demand. So that's something we're trying to ram home at the moment. Okay, we're doing well here on the show. Um, I'm looking forward to another big donation to finish this off. We've got one minute to go, and uh, I must thank Peter Wooten. Peter Wooten of Carnegie, um, a fantastic, a super donation that really helps. And, uh, Peter, I uh, hope to catch up with you soon. All right, uh, podcasters, please come through with the rest. Last year you guys did well. Um, I'm hoping the 3CR community can help us come up with the the next $400-odd. All right. Thank you so much, uh, 3CR land. You're listening to 3CR Radio. Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe, the number is 94198377.